0: All right, if you could just introduce yourselves and uh, share uh, your children, either their like ages or how many children you have so that the panel knows, I'm sorry, that the congregation knows uh, where you're coming from in your motherhood journey.
1: Good morning, Cornerstone family and friends. I am Adrian Kolar. And I am the mother of two adult children, one of whom is here today. Amen. Uh, can I share your age? She said, she <laughs> said, said no. no. <laughs> okay. But they are adults with families of their own. Yes.
2: Good morning, Cornerstone. My name is Sandy, and I have three children who are still in the home. A 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 4-year-old. Right. Two boys and a girl. All right.
3: Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Good morning, Cornerstone. My name is Jennifer, and I am the mother of one little girl. Her name is Anaya, and she'll be four this month.
4: Good morning. Um, I'm Amanda, and I have five children. Um, They are age 16, 14, 13, 11, and 4. Yeah, that little surprise snuck in there. (laughs) Uh, and just because my baby here, I'm going to say,
0: hey, Imani Joy. Hi. I am uh, the mama, the proud mama of one just now seven-year-old, and she's uh, a joy to our lives. Uh, all right. So I, the first question I have for you is either in this season or past season, what's been one really difficult area in motherhood that you have faced or are currently facing?
4: I'll just start by saying um, we're sharing our challenges in parenting and motherhood, but um, I know that some of you, your challenge is that you aren't a parent yet, and so I wanna just say we hold space for you, those of you who have lost children, um, who are uh, battling with infertility and asking the Lord when and why, Um, and that is your challenge. I don't necessarily know that challenge, but I, I do hold space for you um and pray for you all Um, i'm in a field where we see this all the time and one in four women battle with infertility so i do just want to say your challenge might look different than ours and we hold space for you guys in in that challenge amen
0: yeah i I shared at, at a women's event going through pregnancy loss and the love from so many of the members was so beautiful because the compassion, like you don't have to have experienced that loss to say, "Hey, I see you, right, and I love you still, and God loves you, right." Would anyone else want to answer? Uh,
2: this is, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Amanda, because that is um, that is there, and it's for some of us, myself, that was a past experience of of a miscarriage in our past, and uh, definitely one of the difficult ones. Um, presently, one of our challenges um, has been shepherding our children through loss. Um, On top of parenting a teen, a preteen, and a toddler. um, Praise God for you, we should be praying for her a lot more, (laughs) One of of those challenges that I could definitely talk about um, is I lost my sister in January, so that was their aunt. And then in February, I lost my aunt, Mm -hmm. which was their great aunt. And in the years preceding that, they lost a classmate, And one of uh, someone they were close to here at the church, and so just shepherding, you know, caring, walking through my own grief, but also having to walk through grief with them. Um, I did not experience death so close to me at a young age, so I didn't have kind of a script for that. Um, But that along, so that along with like making decisions in my career and stuff that will. Help me to be more present for myself <laughs> and for my family as we journey through shepherding our kids through a very rough time. Yeah.
0: That's powerful.
1: As a mother of two adult children, um, I wouldn't say that I'm challenged um, necessarily. It's a problem, but it's just finding the delicate balance um, between being helpful and being intrusive. You know, because you're, they're adults and you have been down a few roads in your life and you still are a mother. You don't want your children to suffer unduly. So sometimes you may want to give unsolicited advice or, <laughs> or kind of dip your toe in where it doesn't belong. And so, you know, just constantly making sure that i um, finding that, that right balance of um, being influential with them, but not intrusive. And um, I'm not sure if I always get it right, but that's my heart um, to make sure that I am allowing their journey, you know, because each of us has our own journey. And you know how, as a parent, um, you hear when your children are young, they're on your lap, but when they're older, they're on your heart. And that is such a true statement because um, um, our son doesn't live here in Atlanta, but um, he and his family live in Alabama. And our daughter and her family live here in Georgia, but still, every day I'm praying for them. I'm concerned about any challenges they may be going through, and um, just continuing to trust God with them and their lives and their journey.
0: So you're telling me the parent worry don't ever end. Okay, it I got it.
1: Take a note. Got it. It just it just morphs into a different type of, yeah. of concern for your kids. So just trust in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Jennifer,
3: um, I would say a lesson or. A challenge I've had to navigate that I do feel like I'm moving past is um, being a divorced mom, and you know navigating not feeling like I have to do everything by myself, right? And so when my daughter was first born, I mean now she's like you're such a firstborn, you're like holding them close, and I wasn't letting my family tap in. And um, my family's from Ghana, and I remember my mother was like, "You have a village, right?" And I think sometimes mothers can feel the <laughs> responsibility of doing things on our own and not realizing that we can tag other people in. And not only that, we can, but we should if we're able to. <laughs> um, and so realizing that I don't have to do it all alone, and it's actually best for my daughter that there, are, there is community and there are people around her loving on her and giving to her and caring for her. And so um, that was definitely a challenge, was just letting my village be present for us.
0: Ooh, that's a whole word, yes. All right, uh, another question. In what ways have you found hope right and resilience through what god is teaching you as a mother what's that unique message that god has given you in your motherhood journey
3: um i was reading the scripture recently isaiah 40 verse 11 and it talks about how the lord um cares for his flock and how he picks up the lamb and carries him close to his chest and he gently guides those who have young And that meant so much to me. Because, like, you know, you read the scripture about the Lord is my shepherd. But it's like, no, he's a good shepherd, a great shepherd, the chief shepherd. You know what I mean? And it's like he is carrying our lamb. and He's gently leading those of us who have our babies. Um, Because he knows we're not supposed to be doing it on our own and we can't. And so just having that, that has been a piece of hope that's been so integral to me is knowing that God's really got us. Mm. That's beautiful. Anyone else want to
0: share
2: Um, I would say that um, some, in, in different seasons of motherhood, it's challenging to be content where you are. Uh, you know, you're always looking forward, like, you want a baby, get a baby. Oh, I can't wait until this baby to do this. I can't wait till they do that. Uh, and then there's different sets of struggles within that, when, within each season. Um, and so something that has really encouraged me and given me grace is that Paul says that he learned content. He learned how to be content. So it's a learned thing. And I'm still learning, but with each season that I'm learning to be content within that season, and God gives me the strength through his spirit, I can't will it. Be content today, Sandy. Be content. You know, I have to trust the Holy Spirit. I have to trust God to help me, and I have to ask for his help. And with each season of motherhood that I learn, I'm getting stronger in that contentment as I depend on his spirit to help me
0: in that. You know, Sandy, you ain't have to get in my business all like that. You didn't <laughs> have to do me like that. You've been talking to my husband, reading my journal. What's up? <laughs> no, but I appreciate you sharing that. That's good. That's really good.
4: You know, what gives me hope is the patience of the Lord with me. Um, and as he teaches me and shows me um, the journey of how he has walked with me patiently in my areas of fault and sin and need to grow and all those things, and he's writing a A story that I can't write on my own he's doing the same for my children and so as he teaches me that and shows me myself and where I used to be and where he's brought me from um, it just reminds me to hope in the Lord and trust that he's doing the same for them Um, and that I don't have to worry about tomorrow for them because that's what we do as mothers is we worry about their next step that when you drop them off somewhere they're always on your mind um but i don't need to worry about them the lord the lord is is he's got them
0: amen uh so adrian i want to ask you the same question uh in what ways have you found hope and resilience in what god is teaching you uniquely as a mother
1: well one thing i'll say having adult children you have the gift of hindsight and um a lot of times we are so hard on ourselves as moms and we second guess the decisions and the choices that we make concerning our children. Um, But the blessing of seeing them grow up and love the Lord, which is an encouragement to me because um, that was always my husband and my desire. If we didn't give them anything else, we wanted to give them the Lord. And to see them grow up and love God and serve God is an encouragement to me um, of the faithfulness of God And to the generations and now that they're raising our grandchildren, um, three of our grandsons are here um, to learn to love the Lord and to have a relationship with him. Um, That has been such an encouragement to me and also to find friendship, you know, with with them now as they're getting older, um, for them to just call and say, what are you doing? I just want to hang out. You know, those are things that have encouraged me that maybe we did something right.
0: That's beautiful, and that's a beautiful segue I'd like to ask the other three ladies here. uh, What advice would you give to other mothers who are new moms or maybe struggling in some area? Uh, How could you encourage them today?
4: Um, So what comes to mind most readily when I think about that question, is something that Sandy just alluded to is, is seasons. Um, and I think about my season, if you heard the, the, the ages, I had four children in 4.5 years, all back to back to back. So that season was a season of stretching me both physically and, um, emotionally, mentally, all the different things. And I think back to that and I'm like, Lord, how did I get through that? But I I had to look at it as this is a season that you've given me to invest um, in in my children in in a way that is very tangible. Um, They needed me for everything. And then there's another season and then teenage seasons and and all those different things. Each season brings you another opportunity to trust in the Lord. Um, And so um, finding joy and contentment, choosing joy, learning contentment in each of those seasons I think um, highlights to you how they are a gift and I think that's one of the things that our culture has kind of stolen from us the mentality that children are a gift Mm. Um, and so they they they're seen as a burden or I don't want them but but when you choose to look at each season as an opportunity to choose joy, learn contentment, grow in um, trusting the Lord, you begin to see this is a beautiful, beautiful gift um, that I would not trade for anything in the world.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. (laughs) Uh,
2: To just connect to what I I said earlier about seasons and and learning to be content, that in that we embrace God's grace each as we learn, as we make mistakes, because we will. There is no perfect mom. And we talk about how we you know, want to do things differently than like our mothers probably did or uh, do be just like them. Um, and when we fail, unquote, when we do, when we yell, when we aren't as nice, when we aren't as gracious, that there's grace. <laughs> there is no failing. God is with you. And having to remind myself constantly, that to, to embrace the grace, to uh, receive God's grace that he has for me, like not to hold on to condemnation, um, whether it's from yourself, because we can be our own worst critics when it comes to motherhood, or from others, from what, what the appearance of someone else, the comparison of other moms on, in your uh, community, your life, or on social media, please don't, you know, like, don't compare, and don't, Condemn yourself that you're not maybe uh, living up to whatever standard um, that you have set. Um, God is gracious towards Mm -hmm. us. And he's gracious towards our kids.
4: And Sandy, those become gospel opportunities. Because when the Lord convicts us, I know he does it to me all the time and I have to repent to my children. I'm modeling to them what repentance looks like, what humility looks like, um, what a desire to shift and change and grow and be better today than I was yesterday. That's, that's a beautiful gift to them. And they need that, that gospel, uh, opportunity. Amen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to encourage moms, um, that motherhood is a journey. It's like you never arrive. I mean, you're, you're going to always, as long as you're alive, be a mother. And it's a blessing and, and learn from your children because, One thing that I loved about being a mom when my children were younger was seeing the world through their eyes, you know, and trying to have a fresh perspective on life based on if you look at it from their perspective. And so um, just enjoy the journey and um, know that it's going to be a lifetime. Um, It's just different seasons along that journey. And each one is important. And um, I just want to encourage you who... Maybe be a little tired right now because your child. you might be in a difficult season with your child, but just know that God's grace is really sufficient. It really is.
0: Wow, you all have really encouraged me. I'm literally taking mental notes because I've, I've needed to hear so many of the things here. And I think there's so many other moms who needed to hear those things too. I, my daughter being neurodiverse, sometimes it feels like it's just always a struggle, right? Uh, But a friend reminded me, she said, the days might be long, but the years are short, and to really, really find that joy. So I love what you were talking about, about contentment and choosing joy. So thank you for sharing that. So you've poured into us. We'd love to know how can we pour into you? How can we be praying for you all? As a church, as women, as mothers, whatever season of life that you want to ask for prayer, we want to be there for you.
1: Okay, y'all just pray that um, God will keep me in good health Amen. mentally, physically, Amen. emotionally, um, so that I can continue to um, mother well um, biological children as well as um, those that God brings in my path um, young ladies who need mothering.
0: Um, yes.
1: I, um, I welcome that. So just pray that God will enlarge my heart, um, continue to give me the capacity to love well.
2: Amen. Amen. Um, I just want to, I definitely prayer, but I'm just grateful for our community. There's the, the things that I have talked about with, um, with the loss in my life and this year and stuff like that. Like, it wasn't for the church family coming along beside us, individuals who not only checked on me, but like hung out with our kids and, and that like we, that's what we need. Um, and all, all families, so I'm just grateful for that, for those people who love our kids and help us to disciple them and go to their basketball games, like to just know that it's not just about us, like we have this village that is surrounding us and caring for us. So just keep that up, not just with me, but with, you know, other, with other families, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's what I appreciate um, that has already been given. Um, so,
5: yeah.
3: No, I echo that as well. Um, I'm just grateful. I'm so grateful for um, our immediate family, our extended family, our cornerstone family, and the way that they rally around us that has been so like indispensable to know that like, oh, we have other people who are just as invested in our children. Um, it's just, you know, it's an extension of your heart. So to see someone else loving your heart um, purely and honestly, it's just so beautiful. So thank you guys so much for loving on myself, my children, and I'm sure, or my child, one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and all of our children. Um, a prayer I would, a prayer request I have is like, just pray that God would give me wisdom to raise my baby. I pray, every day I look at her, I'm just so full of gratitude. I think she is miraculous, okay? I'm like, wow, right? Because I just learned so much from her. And then, but then I also realized that I have been entrusted with her. And what I do or don't do, she may or may not end up on someone's couch, blessings, you know, for therapy. You know, and I'm hoping that I just am able to like raise her in a way where she knows she's loved well. So just wisdom, like God give me wisdom. And help me to love her well, and anyone who gets to be in her life, I pray that she's loved well by anyone who comes into her life.
4: Um, when I think about prayer, I think about direction and discernment. Um, I, I'm, you know, you get emotional with the milestones when they're little, but that emotion doesn't go away as they get older, and they're all bigger and taller than me now, and. Um, <laughs> I get emotional thinking about my oldest just turned 16 and I'm like, how did we get to 16 already? Um, and so we're getting closer to those years of launching them into the world and just that ongoing need for the Lord to um, remind us of what it looks like to not just try to modify behavior, but shepherd their hearts and that discernment um, is so helpful. Uh, so I ask for that from the Lord and just, uh, thankful for the continued support of women like Adrian and Sylvia and those who are more seasoned than us. We're usually some of the older parents in the room because we have such a young church but I just pray for more of that in our lives um, so that we can continue to just prepare them for the world Um, and then just ongoing discernment as you know we look uh, a direction as I um, pray about next steps even like sandy alluded to work life harmony with with work and um, presence with my children and all those different things that i'm investing well
0: right well thank you all so much for giving so much of yourselves to your families and serving them well uh, giving to this church and faith community in the ways that you have y'all give them uh, some love thank you so much for sharing and thank you for being on this panel today Isn't that awesome? Were y'all encouraged? I was encouraged. I know I was. Uh, So before our sermon uh, today, before our pastor comes and shares, uh, we are going to have another beautiful song from our worship team. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and uh, we will hear from our worship team next. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God, on a day like today, where so many of us can celebrate. I thank you for that moment of celebration. I thank you for the mothers who have done everything they can do. Um, Lord, I heard so clearly in what some of the panelists were saying is that you're not asking for our perfection, you're asking for our commitment and our contentment. You're asking for our prayers, for us to pray to come to you, to trust you in our parenting. So I lift up every mother here uh, as she Seeks wisdom and chooses joy in the parenting journey, no matter where the struggle is. God, I also just want to acknowledge those who come into a day like today with grief, uh, whether they are just members who maybe have lost their mother uh, or grandmother, uh, members who don't have closer relationships with their mother that they desire, Um, and mothers who maybe have lost their children through different seasons, different life, different process, I pray, Lord, that you comfort them in this moment. I pray, God, that you would remind us that you see all of us and not just those who look good on the gram, right? That you care about what's going on inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, uh, and that you are a healer And that grief is not something that is unfamiliar to you, that we can bring our grief to you if we are in that season. And we don't have to hide that. We can be honest with you about where we truly are. Uh, And I pray that we are a church where we can really be honest with each other about where we are uh, in these moments. And we can celebrate with those who are here to celebrate and comfort and grieve with those who are here in that posture as well. God, I pray for the the uh, the man of God who's going to come before us with the word. I lift up Pastor Mo to you, Lord. I pray that you would just rest on his heart, uh, fill him with your presence, let every word that he speaks be something that you have graced him to utter, so that it is a tremendous blessing to every person here in this room today. We thank you, God. we th- thank you, God. We thank you, God. Mm. We just thank you, God. We thank you for every child that is a blessing in our lives that, that we would treat them as such as the gifts that they are. We thank you, God, that you are the ultimate parent, so we are your child and that you will nurture us in any season and that we would look to your example, Jesus we thank you for that example we thank you for who you are because as the song said nobody is like you I pray that as a congregation we sit with open hearts to receive the word that you plan to share with us and bless us with today that we would be forever changed by the word that we hear because it is your word we thank you, Lord, for every person who's had hand in ministry today to bring about this beautiful moment. We thank you, God, for the panelists, these mighty women of God who are parenting and shepherding their children and shepherding and serving within the church. God, I pray that you would replenish them and restore them so that their hearts are overflowing with your love and grace so that they have so much more to give because you have been their source. these things in your son precious and
3: holy name Amen Amen thank you Alex for praying um, thank y'all for standing somebody told me this week the standing is not restful I always say rest on your feet I don't know I just
5: believe that
0: a posture of praise can yield rest
5: maybe not I get it I get it
0: on our feet anyway, just to honor our Father. Amen.
6: is the perfect mother amen for me and for my kids so i want to celebrate my wife sandy uh tell her how much i love you and how much i appreciate you today sister you are wonderful you're great amen those words uh a wisdom she gives me every day amen uh in love in love not fussing at me um uh-huh. in days like these i understand church um and I, I think my sister Alexandra said it, there's a lot of complexity in days like this, and I just want to acknowledge it myself, that many of us hold grief in our hearts in some form or fashion. Um, because it brings up stuff. Maybe you've lost your mother recently or maybe in your life, and, it, and there's grief in your heart. Maybe you're struggling with the relationship you have with your mother. Um, maybe you're struggling with infertility, like, Amanda mentioned um, maybe you've lost a a child and I know these things are tough things to say and hear and I want you to know that we do hold a place for you and I want to encourage you today Um, even though we're dealing with this complexity of how we are feeling, I do feel the need to celebrate mothers today, amen so in that light let us just Go to God's word. I want you to open your Bibles up while you're standing or your app to Proverbs 31. And don't cringe just yet. I uh-uh. know sisters are like, where are you going with this? Um, starting at verse 10, I'm going to read, thus saith the Lord, not thus saith Mo. When you get there, say amen. And it says, who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. She sees that her profits are good, and her lamp never goes out at night. She extends her hands to to, to the spinning staff, and her hands hold the spindle. Her hands reach out to the poor, and she extends her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of, for her household when it snows, for all of her household are doubly clothed. She makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine, is, is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes and sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. Her mouth speaks wisdom and loving instruction on her tongue. She watches over activities of her household and is never idle. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. Um, God, I thank you for this time. I get to encourage my, my mothers and my sisters in this room and also us brothers. Father, I, I'm thankful for your Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for how you work in the lives of individuals here at our church. So I'm thankful, thankful for all the, the wise words we just heard from these mothers, from these sisters. And I pray, Lord, that those things will not come back void. I pray, Lord, that you hide me behind your cross and encourage your people through the, your word, Lord, I recognize, Lord, that your people need your word more than they need me. But Lord, speak through me. Speak your word. It's in Jesus somebody name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. If I could confess something to you guys right now, and I, I told my my wife while we were on our anniversary trip, celebrating 16 years of marriage. Amen. Come on, clap for that. Just had to mention that. I'm terrible at celebration. I'm I'm terrible at celebrating things. And and when I think about what celebration is, celebration is an act in which we honor something or someone. And and I'm not alone in that because I think our tendency is to celebrate the people and the things, is not to celebrate the the people and the things that are common to our daily lives. In other words, we get so used to people and things that we don't honor them or celebrate them. Amen or oh me? When you think about things that we just take for granted, think about running and running water or clean water. How many of you got up today celebrating that you have running and clean water? How about this? How many of you woke up today thinking, hey, man, I, I, I want to randomly call somebody up, not your mama, but somebody up and, 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 and show them and celebrate them and show them honor? None of us really do that. Recently while, you know, I was in New Mexico, um, that's where we uh, spent our anniversary, I got a chance to uh, 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 see how Natives, uh, Native Americans honor uh, uh, things in their lives that I take for granted. And I was convicted there. I was convicted like, man, I don't honor things. I don't celebrate things. I saw how they honored their ancestors, their land the animals, the elders, and the list goes on, and I found it refreshing and holistic how they experience life and celebrate the things that I find common. We don't celebrate things unless it's a holiday or it's on our calendars, do we? Even if it's a daily reality, just think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How often do we celebrate that reality daily, even though it's a reality that affects and impacts our lives daily even motherhood motherhood is an everyday reality but how often do we find ourselves celebrating it even though it shaped our world and our existence as we look at the text today I know because I had to, I think you felt it it's a, this, this text cast a big shadow on many of our sisters in the room because this text usually is seen as the image of a perfect mother or a woman right It gets preached to our sisters as how to become a woman worth marrying, amen? Or how to become a better wife for your husband, or even how to become a perfect mom. It hasn't left much grace for many of our sisters in this room, and most of them have doubted how much God has loved them through how this text has been preached. And it's easy for us to look at this text, or even our sisters to look at this text and feel inadequate and feel small and even can start to compare themselves to the text or other women. Some, some, some of it, it, it reads sometimes to some of our mothers and our sisters like a job description, which are constantly being ev- evaluated by the church, your kids, and your husband, and maybe even God. and can lead you to believe that no matter what you do, how hard you try, how much you love God, you never measure up. This text is not meant to be a measuring rod, or a way of evaluating if you are a good woman or a good mother. It wasn't supposed to lead you to call into question if you're fit to be a wife or a mother. Or to question how you feel about yourself currently as a mother. It's not meant to bring you shame or make you feel like you're a failure. It's meant to be a celebration of womanhood and mothers. And it illustrates the wisdom and the character of, a, of godly women. It celebrates motherhood that is rooted in Christ, a mother who has godly wisdom. It helps us see how vital godly mothers are in our society and our culture. And we should acknowledge this and celebrate this. And I want you to walk away with one thing, mothers. If, if you can have this attitude and vibrato about yourself, if brothers, if we can help our mothers do one thing, help our mothers feel like this, and this is my bottom line, mothers: celebrate yourself like God celebrates yourself. Celebrate you. Mother, celebrate yourself like God celebrates you. That's what I want you to feel today. I want you to feel like God is celebrating you because he is. And my two points today are, are, are simple. Sons celebrate our mothers. And two, sisters celebrate motherhood. To fully understand this chapter, we have to understand the book of Proverbs. And if you don't know what the book of Proverbs is, simply put, it's a book of wisdom. It was predominantly written by King Solomon to instruct young boys to know what it means to live wisely and godly lives that honor God's kingdom. It's actually broken up into several parts, and in chapters 10 through 31, it teaches us godly wisdom. The book helps us see the only way to walk wisely in this world is when we walk closely with the Lord, when you trust him. When you give him your heart. In this book, uh, wisdom is personified. It's, it's a person. And, and it uses the pronouns she and her. Just look what it says in um, verse 1, chapter 20. Wisdom calls out in the street. She makes her voice heard in public squares. As we get to chapter 31, we see that wisdom is personified as a mother. King Lemuel's mother, to be exact. And he is recalling the wisdom he received from his mother and passing it on to his son. Sons, we got to celebrate our mothers by honoring them and listening to their wisdom. I, I'm going to talk about verse 1 through 9 because I believe the context is important to understanding where this text is going, right? In, in, in verses 1 through 9, she instructs him not to be a man who lives in excess, right? Who spends his time chasing after fleeting pleasures or live a life of, in the fog of substance abuse. His mother is instructing him not to be a simp, not to be a simple-minded man, not to be a person that goes after all these fleeting things, all these fleeting pleasures. But his mother is is instructing him to use his seat as the king and privilege as a king to help those who are vulnerable, to speak up for those who don't have a voice, and, and defend the cause of the oppressed, to do justice in this world. Lemuel's mother wants him to honor humanity and to be a man that sees people as humans. Not to be exploited, but to be valued. And when we get to verses 31 through 30, uh, 10 through 31, Lemuel is valuing people. Because he's valuing and celebrating godly mothers. It's painting a picture of a woman who lives wise in this world by worshiping God. And by painting this picture, it sends a message to young men. appreciate and honor motherhood this passage is a work is, is, is a work of art it's a poem trying to instruct right it's an it's an acrostic each stanza begins with a letter from the Hebrew alphabet and so it's easy to remember and learn because men need things that are easy to learn and remember amen one of the benefits we get from this poem is that it helps shape how we see and view motherhood I, I have two sons, and one of the things you'll notice if you come into our house ever and spend some time with us, all we do is talk about superheroes. All they talk about is anime or some form of super, superhero like, like uh, the, the MCU, the Marvel Comic Universe. We're, we're so enamored. If you ever catch us watching something together, it's gonna to be something that has to do with a superhero. Flat out, we are enamored. We celebrate superheroes. We like wearing them on T-shirts. We love superhero movies. This text is a movie about a superhero, and it helps us to see motherhood as being heroic. If you've ever been in a delivery room, you understand that's not far from the truth, amen? <laughs> amen. Someone says, no, hey, you are a superwoman right then and there. But we also know this by the genre of poetry this, this poem comes from. The, 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 the genre of poetry is, is a heroic genre of Hebrew poetry, this genre of poetry celebrates the courage, the wisdom, the strength, and the valiant efforts of a soldier or heroes. When you read through this passage, you start to feel that sense, don't you? A sense of amazement, of being impre- impressed by all that a woman does. Like, this, has got to be Wonder Woman in this text, amen? You start to see how mothers are like superheroes. They do so much with courage, with strength, and with wisdom. One commentary put it like this, and I love how they put it. It said, this is not a list of traits, but the celebration of the valiant courage and wisdom that godly women, wives, and mothers show daily. When you look at this text, its emphasis is on all of what she does for her family and others. If we we see this as anything less than heroic, we undermine the call to be a mother. To my mothers, when God calls you to motherhood, he calls you to a vital call, to a heroic call. My mothers, when, when you, when you answered the call to be a mother and, and you received your baby, you were, de- you were deserving of a hero's welcome, amen? And, and a parade at that moment. And see, the emphasis is not on what you do, but what God does through you. But godly mothers do more than just care and shape our families but they shape our world. That's what verses 1 through 9 is saying. I love how King Lemuel held on to his mother's words, how it shaped him, how it molded him, how it propelled him to consider what it, mean, what it means to, look in, uh, uh, to live a godly life in the world that is of self-seeking pleasures. By shaping him, it, it adver- advertently shaped his kingdom. Our mothers, by example, show us what it means to live a selfless life, a life that benefits others. That's what this poem highlights, and that's what the hero does. It shapes how we live our lives. Many of us here have godly mothers who set example of what it looks like to live a Christ-like life. There are plenty of people in this church with the testimony of how their mother's faith shaped their faith. Amen or oh me? She encouraged you. She, she, she prayed for you. She read the scriptures to you. And she did this, and I know this for a fact, because as a pastor, I get to do interviews. I get to meet with people, and they get to share their testimonies with me. And one of the resounding things I get to hear about their testimony is how their mother impacted their faith. How she took them to church, how Big Mama took them to church. And that's the thing. We, we got we to we deal with is that mothers are superheroes to us. They're the ones that that that, that hold us and, and and mold us and and they give us uh, 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 their faith. A mother's work is uh, holds us holds a lot of complexity, in that complexity, sometimes for mothers, it's hard to know if they're doing anything right. And one of the things we are need we need to do more of, and we need to do do, do as men in particular, is to affirm our mothers. Sons, affirm your mothers when she's doing something correct. Uh, let her know that her labor is not in vain. I want, I want you all to hear this, mothers, and I, and I want you to receive this. Your call to motherhood is a call to ministry. Nothing less, no less than me being called to be a pastor. It, 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 and we should celebrate it and see it with the honor it deserves. The, the call to be a mother is to be honored as a hero because you shape our world and our society. My, my call to my brothers here who are here, some of them are already in Cornerstone Kids just serving, but it's to honor your mother. But also honor godly mothers here at Cornerstone. Sit under their wisdom like we just did a, little, a few minutes ago. And I, I ain't going to lie, I, I'm happy to be married to Sandy because she gives me a lot of wisdom, even as a father. She's taught me how to be a godly father in many ways. But I'll tell you who also helps me. It's some of the mothers here in our church, we've mentioned Sylvia, we've mentioned uh, 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 Diana, uh, we've mentioned so many other women, Sister Adrian, Sister, Sister Mary, who, who sat with me even in the most difficult times of my life as a pastor, and they've ministered to me. When I was at the most discouraged point in my life, these, these sisters called me up and told me words of encouragement, and they prayed with me, and they even spoken truth to me. Brother, let's celebrate the call to be a mother and remind them what God says about them, that they are our heroes, amen? And God doesn't want sons just to celebrate their mothers. Sisters, celebrate motherhood. Celebrate the sacredness of godly mothers. In 1978, a song came out by a sister named Yvette Marie Stevens. Some of y'all might be a little too young to know who this is, but she goes by the stage name of Shaka Khan, Amen. (laughs) And the song became an iconic hit, and if you're too young for 1978, then maybe you remember 1999 when the greatest vocalist of all time, Whitney Houston, don't give me your Beyonce, I'll take Whitney, amen? Amen. I'm going to take Whitney all day. Amen. I'm I'm glad I'm getting amens for that. I didn't know how that was going to land, which all people. (laughs) The song was called I'm Every Woman. This song celebrates all the different aspects of being a woman. The chorus goes, I'm every woman. It's all in me. Anything you want done, baby, I do it naturally. I'm not going to do the O's. Just so y'all know, I'm not going to do the O's. The song celebrates the uniqueness, the beauty, the goodness of being a woman. And The song, in some ways, is superlative, isn't it, though? Because it's not possible for one woman to be and embody every woman, is it? The goal of the song was not to uh, uh, make a standard or or an impossible standard for women to live by, but to celebrate all the many aspects of being a woman, the diversity and the strength of womanhood. And this this poem is superlative, too, in a way. Uh, This poem is not about mothers having to to do the impossible, but it's describing and celebrating the character and the giftness of godly mothers. This poem is not for you to measure yourself, sisters but to bring honor to being a mother. This, this passage is actually sandwich is a sandwich, right? It has an introduction, which is verse 10 through 12, and it has a conclusion, which is 29 through 31. And, and sandwiched in between are all these attributes to being a godly mother. And King, King Lemuel uh, begins by asking a question. Who can find a wife of noble character? For some, this text reads, and particularly some of the brothers have heard this preached, how to find a godly wife manual, amen? But that's not what it's supposed to be giving. It doesn't give how to find a godly wife. It's actually a tribute to godly women and mothers. He is is waxing eloquent, right, to show how special and how valuable godly women are. Godliness is worth more than diamonds. That's what he's saying. And, And if you don't have diamonds, it's worth our most precious thing that every human being has. Our hearts. The things that are listed in the poem are the ways her godly wisdom is displayed throughout her life. Her resilience, her brilliance, her entrepreneurship, her generosity, her care for others. This passage celebrates the diversity of godly mothers, that it comes in different shapes. It's more than just taking care of kids, but there are many aspects to being a godly mother. So we honor all the different forms that godly motherhood should take. To, to, to make or, or look like because it looks different for every mother in here. Amen? And the conclusion of this passage it shows her praise isn't because of her performance though. It comes from who she worships. Her godliness is from who she worships. Verse 30 reads like this, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be, will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her work Her works praise her at the city gates. Godliness is not about what you do. It's about who you worship. Godliness is not about what you do, but who you worship. Your godliness comes through who you worship. Proverbs 31, 29 through 31 is saying that your most distinguishable attribute as a mother is your worship and faith in the Lord. You do plenty of things that are praiseworthy mothers, don't you? You do plenty of things that that, 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 that look good and that are great and that are awesome for other people, particularly even your sons and your daughters. Yet the thing that separates you is, and the thing that creates parades inside our city, amen, is the way you worship and walk with the Lord. The way you mother is an act of worship to the Lord. To my mothers, the most powerful thing that you can do, and I want you to hear this, is walk with the Lord. The most important thing you can do for your families is walk with Jesus. That is the most important thing you can do. Uh, One of the people who taught me this was actually my mother-in-law, Doshi Buckhalter. Um, It's her daily walk with the Lord that that, that, that has shown me what godliness looks like. The woman wakes up singing hymns. And then she'll ask you if you got a hymn on your spirit. And if you don't have one, she'll rebuke you. Amen? <laughs> it's how she gets in her word daily. And I, and I watch her, watch, watching her shows, watching her Bible shows. And, 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 and her walk with Jesus is evident in how she lives. It's in her hospitality. My mother-in-law has never met a stranger. No matter what your sin is, what, your, what kind of person you are, she invites you into her home and she'll invite you for a meal. She always has wise words for me. Mama always teaching me. She's always teaching me and instructing me. She's always teaching Sandy all the time. She got a good, she always have a word for Sandy, amen? <laughs> always. <laughs> but it's in her resilience and hope. I've watched her lean on the Lord after she's lost two daughters. I've seen her trust Jesus through losing two daughters. And that's impacting me because, you know, it's not in what she's doing uh, that makes her praiseworthy. It's uh, it's how she walks out and trusts the Lord. And, And that's what produces a praiseworthy life for her. As I look out into this room, I see a lot of godly women, godly mothers who are walking faithfully with the Lord. You have continued to trust Jesus in in the most difficult seasons of your life, and your life as you trust Jesus is praiseworthy. Even through the most difficult times, I have seen sisters, and I know we've had a baby boom constantly in this church, it's felt like every year we're having a baby boom, but in that baby boom, we've had sisters who struggle with postpartum depression, who've had to wrestle with depression and 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 it's been a hard road and I know you feeling isolated and and sometimes you even feel inadequate I've seen mothers who are struggling with mental health fighting for, for 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 wholeness and healing as they're holding on to Jesus some of you have lost children through miscarriages and other illnesses and I've seen how you trusted the Lord I've seen you come to me and speak to me and encourage my heart as a pastor I know some of y'all are in rough seasons of parenting, got teenagers, got adult children, and it's hard to trust the Lord with them right now. It is. You're like, how do I navigate it? Sister Adrian said it beautifully, but, but how do I navigate trusting the Lord with their lives? Some of your mothers are just struggling right now with work-life balance right now, Amen. I feel like I'm neglecting my home. and I feel like I I, I wanna do stuff in my career and we we might even need the money. And so I'm struggling what it looks like to to serve my my family and also do well in my, my career. I want you to know that God sees you. That he sees you keeping your faith in him through it all. One thing I want you to remember is that this is not man's poem. This is God's word. Which means God is celebrating you as you keep trusting in him. So here's one other thing I want you all to know, mothers. If God is celebrating you, that means you can celebrate yourselves. You are a hero who is empowered by God. So celebrate how God is empowering you to do heroic things in your life. So many here, I want, I want to admit, uh, I want you to admit how God has empowered you to do heroic things. You're not trusting, you you trust in the Lord and you're you're seeing God do do amazing things and you might even minimize it as, as being tertiary or I can do more. But no, as you trust the Lord, he's giving you enough. He's supplying enough for you to do what he's called you to do. You are not inadequate. With Jesus, you are enough. Listen, mothers, God has not called you to be perfect. He's called you to trust in him. God has not called you to perform or be the best. He's called you to trust him. He has not called you to be like that mom whose blog you read or to compare yourself to him. He's called you to trust him. He's not called you to be like that influencer mom or, or do everything that she does. He's called you to trust in him. He's not called you to have perfect children. He's called you to trust in Him. He's not called you to have it all together and have your home and everything else perfectly aligned with your career and even with your life. He's called you to trust in Him. He wants you to walk with Him daily. This is the word of the Lord for you today. You can celebrate yourself because God is already celebrating you as you trust Him, as you walk with Him, as you are faithful to Him. It's not about your performance. It's about what God is doing in and through you. No matter what season that you're in, he is celebrating you as you continually trust him in that season. If you walk away from anything today, just know that God sees you in your times of prayer. He celebrates you as you operate and act in faith and trusting him and in reading his word. Whatever you are experiencing as a mother, as a mother right now, God is being glorified as you believe, as you keep the faith. I know some mothers are looking at me right now like, Mo, I need more than this. It's tough for me right now. It's hard for me right now. I'm struggling what it means to be a mother. I can't navigate life right now. I got too much going on. I need wisdom to navigate this life. Raising these children is tough. Navigating the home life is tough. This husband of mine, I love him, but he got problems too. Amen. I'm a problem. I am. And he knows. I want to remind you that wisdom is a person. And wisdom came for you 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Proverbs. He is the only way that we can live a praiseworthy life in this side of, the, of eternity, in the chaos of, the, of this world. Jesus didn't just come to save us from sin. He did that, Yes. He didn't just came to save you from death, but he came to help you navigate with wisdom all of life. Amen? So if you're going to do anything, my sisters, trust in the Jesus that came to give you wisdom, to help you live a praiseworthy life, not a perfect life, but one that is committed and submitted to him. My encouragement to you as you continue to trust Jesus, to continue lean on him, my sisters, Walk closely with them. This is how you walk wisely in this world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your word. God, we recognize that it is you and only you that we can trust to live wisely in this world. world. Jesus, thank you for coming and, and being our wisdom, Lord, to being our counselor. That we don't, need, we don't need the wisdom of the world that tells us to, to try to look good, to try to perform to try to have a, a, a perfect life. But we trust you, Jesus, in our brokenness, in the brokenness of our lives. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that our sisters would feel that today, particularly our mothers, that they would feel the honor of knowing that you are clapping, you are applauding them, you are cheering them on, God, as they continue to walk faithfully with you. And so, Father, thank you for just your word. I pray, Lord, that Proverbs 31 takes on shape my sisters in a different way. But it's not a measuring rod, but it's a way to see God celebrate them in a way that God sees them. Yeah, as they trust him. Father, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. Amen.